What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Deer Vein Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Heller, and today I wanted to run through early season hunting strategies for whitetails. And I've recently found out I went on an elk trip from August 5th to the 15th, or the 12th, I should say, and uh, it was a cow-only tag in Idaho, and I found out that hunting elk in the early season is essentially the exact same as hunting whitetails. It's all about getting between the bedding and the food. That's essentially 99% of the game. And if you can manage your way in there, uh, you should be able to get an opportunity. So as far as that goes, uh, bedding areas, you know, those are something you really need to pre-scout. Finding them right now is going to be very difficult. But at the same time, if you're looking for bedding areas in the early season, a lot of times they will be actually fairly close to the food. Deer really don't move that far in the early season. Uh, I mean, depending on the food source, if they need to travel a long ways, they will. But at the same time, you find I find beds personally really close to the food. So if you got a really nice soybean field or uh, a good alfalfa field or a food plot or even some apple trees or oak trees that have good acorns on them or good apples like you may find beds within 100 yards of that and personally my personal belief all right this is not proven by science or anything at all but i believe deer generally have kind of two two bedding areas that they'll use they have a primary and a secondary and they'll actually bed in the secondary first so this is my belief use it to, or think about it how you will. But if a deer is feeding all night in the soybean field, let's say, and then at, he's in there from, you know, 11 PM to 4 AM. And then at 4 AM, he decides, okay, I'm going to get out of this field and I'm going to go back to my bedding, my actual bedding area, my primary, which is, you know, a mile away or a half mile away or whatever it is. Most of the time, I will find that these deer actually move off the field and they'll move anywhere from 30 to 100, 100, 150 yards or so off that field and bed down. And they'll lay there from, let's just say, 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. when it gets light. And then at 6 a.m., they'll get up and they'll move to their primary bedding, which is, you know, whatever, a half mile away or so. That's my belief. And that's so when I'm hunting in the mornings in early season, I'm always pretty deep in the woods because I think that's how I think they use a lot of the terrain is, you know, you're not really going to catch them on a field edge in the morning. If you want to hunt the mornings, hunt deep in the woods because that's where you're going to catch them. And you're going to try to catch them going into that thick bedding area from that secondary bedding area. I hope that kind of makes sense, but, uh, but that's just kind of my belief for morning hunts in the early season. A lot of people just don't even hunt. Uh, if I have a good wind and a good cold front or something like that, I'm definitely going to hunt in the morning if I have the opportunity. I'm like a lot of you guys, I don't have all the time in the world. So if I set a Saturday aside to go hunting, I'm going to hunt the morning if it makes sense, you know, which means like 80% of the time I can make it make sense <laughs> logically in my own brain. And then, uh, and then I'm always going to hunt the evening, uh, early season that also depends on, uh, honestly, it depends on the weather. If it's 90 degrees out, I might not hunt the evening or if there is a cloud of mosquitoes so thick that I can't walk through it, I'm probably not going to hunt the evening either. Uh, it just, it just doesn't work for me. I'd rather just save my time off and save my brownie points with my wife and my son for, uh, for those late October, early November, mid November hunts. So anyway, that's kind of my thought there. Uh, so for the bedding areas really like 
you know, anywhere in the evenings. So back to, back to just like early season strategy in the evenings, you're going to try to get between that bedding and that food and that bedding, uh, bedding areas. There's so, there's so much vegetation. There's so much cover. There's so many places for beds in the early season that it's actually really difficult to pinpoint what bed it bed a buck is using. Uh, Cause like in the early season, like I said, there's so much cover, so much bedding areas. There's so many places to hide that a buck could have 50 different beds that he uses. And it could be super sporadic. It all depends on, there's so many variables to it. It, it almost seems random. There is a thought process behind it. These deer do have a thought process, especially mature bucks. But at the same time to, to us, there's too many variables to put into place to really comprehend it all. So in my opinion, you need to find an area that that buck is using and then figure out what nights he's using it. Is it a northwest wind? Is it a southwest wind? Is it an east wind? Whatever that is. And then sit that area on those nights, if that makes any sense. So if, if he's coming in into an area on an east wind, like which is, you know, an east wind comes once every three weeks in Wisconsin, it seems like, then that I, I better hope that on that third the opening weekend or whatever, I get an east wind or the second weekend I get an east wind and I'm hunting that for sure. If he's only coming in on a northwest wind, which is the prevailing wind in Wisconsin and mainly in the Midwest, it's the prevailing wind. In the early season, it's kind of a southwest. You'll get a lot of southwest winds. So I like to set up my stands and my opportunities for a southwest wind just because uh, warmer air comes from the south right? So in the early season, when you get those warm upticks, those 70, 80 degree days, that's usually going to be a Southwest wind, um, which is most of the summer. So I like to plan my early season hunts and my stand sites around a Southwest wind. Northwest winds will usually come in on a cold front. So, uh, which are really good. Like I love hunting cold fronts early season. If you get anywhere from uh, a 10 to 15 degree drop, that's phenomenal. That's a great drop in temperature. I like that 10 degree drop with a 15 mile an hour wind. And this is really nerdy. This is kind of like what, what I just like. And when, when I've noticed to, I've seen the most amount of deer activity, I think just for reference, you guys, I always like to know who's, who I'm talking to and who I'm listening to. Uh, so I know if I should actually believe them or not. Cause you know, we all have those friends who tell us exactly what to do and they've only hunted you know, six times last year. And it's like, well, yeah, you might've hunted six times and this happened for you, but you don't have enough experience to really go off of. So anyway, uh, last year I sat just over 250 hours in the woods. And the year before that I was just over 150. So the last two years I've been compiling data, um, and just keeping a log of when I'm seeing these deer and how many I'm seeing. So that's where I, that's where all this information is coming from. And the last two years have been mainly probably 90% of the time has been on public land. So anyway, uh, Northwest winds back to, back to jump into to Northwest winds come on a cold front and a cold front, 10 to 15 degree drop. You get a good wind. You get a thunderstorm. Usually those are great times to sit before or after the cold front. Um, I personally prefer, uh, before the front, because I think that deer will get up and they just know it. I don't know. I think a long time ago, humans lost this capability to sense weather. And that's why like old people or people with knee problems or whatever can be like, oh, it's going to rain because they can feel it in their joints. I think deer just have that capability inherent in themselves. 
So when they know rain and thunderstorms are coming, they know it could be bad. So why not get up, get some food so I can sit down and lay down for and weather this storm. So I always like to hunt the front end of the cold front, but there is, there is truth to hunting the back end backside of it as well. You know, cause the, cause they've been hunkered down for the last six hours or seven hours or whatever, weathering out this storm. Now they want to get up, move around and, uh, and do their thing. So, uh, that's just kind of my thoughts there. So I, a lot of times I'll plan a, a hunting spot for a Southwest wind. And then I'll also throw a few in for a Northwest wind on a cold front. And, uh, and I like high winds, like 10 to 20 mile an hour winds. I like those, uh, a, it just seems that, that it covers your sound a lot better when you're getting set up and everything and getting in there. B keeps the mosquitoes at bay and C it gives the deer a consistent wind. So they feel more comfortable in walking areas because they can always figure out where that wind's coming from. Really low winds where they don't know um, where everything's coming from and what's going on. I, I've seen that they don't really like calm, still mornings. They would rather have a nice, consistent 10 to 15 mile an hour wind. So that's my thought there. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sorry, I haven't gotten to the bedding yet. I just keep talking round and round. But if you go back to bedding areas, um, you're just going to have to, honestly, you're going to have to get lucky in the early season. That's, that's my thought. You can usually find a few beds, but the odds of actually going out there, um, and having that buck be in that bed and then hunting that food source that he's going to are slim unless you've done your research. And if you've done your research, you have a general, which by research, I mean, uh, sitting out in the fields and scouting, personally, um, scouting from your truck or using trail cameras that that's the research that I'm talking about. If you've done your research and you know where a buck's coming from, then hunt that edge. But the other big thing in that is, so you have, you know, generally where a buck's coming from, or you say, you know, where he's entering a field that doesn't necessarily tell you exactly where he's coming from. Cause he may be looping around he may be a mile off and he's coming up into that field only at night. Uh, or, you know, he could be bedded right off the field. And then if you try to go in and hunt that field edge, like you're just going to kick him out. So there's a lot of variables in there and you just got to get in there and, and hunt it and figure it out. But I, it's hard to tell you exactly how to find bedding areas. So the better way to do it is kind of work, work backwards from the food source. So what I mean by that is, in the early season, you're always hunting food, um, generally the food sources. So you're looking at soybeans, uh, acorns, and apple trees. That's what I'm particularly keying in on. Some of the public land that I hunt does have soybean fields. Uh, but at the same time, those fields are rarely hit during the daytime just because it's it's high pressure area. The deer just don't want to be exposed that uh, or that exposed especially on public land. They just don't like that. So most of the soybean fields don't get hit during the daytime. So what I find personally that works a lot better is finding really good uh, oak trees that have a lot of acorns on them and are producing really well and or apple trees that are tucked back in the woods that are close to what I think would be a bedding area and provide a lot of cover for the deer so that they don't feel exposed when they're coming in to feed. So like an ideal scenario for me would be, uh, you got a big, you got a big soybean field and then you have 
um, you know, a big soybean field, like 40 acres. Then you got a nice wood line that's fairly thick, you know, 100, 150 yards thick, like a nice wood area, wooded area. And then you got a swamp. And most of the time, those deer are probably going to bed in that swamp. And then they're going to go through that tree line and get to the soybean fields at night. But when they get up out of that swamp, the first thing they're going to run into is an oak tree that has acorns or an apple tree that has apples on it. And that's their first stop. So say it gets dark at 6.30 p.m., they're going to get up at 6, 6 p.m., 30 minutes before dark, and they're going to meander their way to that soybean field. And it's going to take them 20 minutes to make the first 15 steps. And then that last 10 minutes right before it gets dark, they're going to kind of make their way to that first food source that they have, which is going to be that, that oak tree or that apple tree. So I like to position myself on that oak tree or apple tree because that's the first area that they're going to be coming to. It's the best odds for daylight activity and being able to see them. And then you're also not just sitting out on a field edge hoping that some other hunter doesn't come in and bump that whole field or come take your spot or whatever it is. So that's how I like to position my early season hunts. So right now uh, I roll... I have, I've color coded all my stands on Onyx. So I have like eight or nine stands right now that are specifically for early season evening hunts. Some are Southwest winds, some are Northwest winds. I have one that's an East wind. So what those spots are, all those spots are uh, apple trees, oak trees. And then I do have actually two soybean fields that I've been scouting um, with my own eyes, not, not trail cameras. And I've been seeing deer in them regularly on an evening in a, on an evening basis. So, uh, they're not always, I've seen a couple decent bucks in those areas, but really I'm just looking for deer. Uh, good bucks are great to find and I'm happy to find them. Uh, but right now I'm just kind of keying in on where are, where are the deer and where can I hunt and fill my freezer up on opening weekend. So, those that's how I kind of lay out my whole strategy and so now once you know September I forget what the let me check the opening day right now opening day in Wisconsin is going to be September 21st I believe yeah it's going to be September 21st so that weekend I'm going to wait till the weather comes up and 10 days beforehand when I can pull the weather up I use Wonderground if it's got a ton of ads on it but it gives you good good data um, I'm going to pull that up 10 days in advance, figure out what wind, and then I'm going to narrow down what uh, stands I want to sit and where I want to sit and then go from there. And like I said, I'm always trying to get as close to that bedding as I can because it's, it's just, it gives you better odds of catching them in daylight hours rather than nocturnal. You might be getting a great buck out in a soybean field at 2 a.m. and at 3 a.m. and at 11 p.m. Like, cool, that's awesome. You have these great photos. And I see photos all the time, nocturnal, like nocturnal bucks. And it's like, that's awesome, but figure out where he's coming from and get there or figure out where he's going to and get there. And a lot of times, if you want to, like, if I, if I put a camera on a field edge and I'm getting a picture of a buck at 2 a.m., I'm going to stop, I'm going to move that camera, and I'm actually going to put two out there two in separate locations where I think I can catch that buck coming from and going to. And that way I can say, okay, he's entering the field around 10 PM. He's leaving the field on the East end around, 
you know, 8 p or like 3 a.m. and he's going this way. So based on that, I can start trying to draw a line and figure out where he's coming from and where he's going to. And you can usually figure that out uh, if you just put in the put in the time and and use your cameras in a smart in a smart logical way. A lot of people just use them and just get the pictures and they can't <laughs> get the like data out of them. Like it's it's awesome to get pictures of nice bucks. Like no doubt about it, hundred percent. But at the same time, that just getting the picture is is cool, but it's not like hundred percent useful. You need to figure out how you can position that camera or multiple cameras to actually make that deer or help you kill that deer. So I kind of think about trail cameras in two different ways and I'll do a whole podcast on this, but it's kind of like you can take use cameras for inventory or you can use cameras for killing strategy or you can mix them, mix and match with both. But I feel like a lot of people kind of fall into those two categories and I don't really care about the inventory of, of the bucks on public. Um, I mean, I like to know that they're there, but I'm always like the second I get a picture of a nice buck, I switch from an inventory mode to a killing mode. How can I position cameras to kill this deer rather than just keep getting pictures of them at 2 a.m.? Like that's cool, but it's not going to put them, put him, put the meat in my freezer and his rack on my wall. Having that killing strategy is a, is what's going to do that. So that's kind of my early season plans. And as far as where you start, that's another great question. And I struggle with this too. Every year, it seems like I learn more and more. But so, so you go to a piece of public and you're looking at, you're looking at Onyx maps and you're sitting there or even your own private property. It doesn't matter. Like this, this applies to both. You're sitting there looking at it and your first thought is like, man, I'm going to Dan infault this. I'm going to hunting beast this and I'm going to get my butt a mile and a half back in this dirty, nasty swamp. And I'm going to get up in this little Oak Island here and it's going to be awesome. And I've done that a few times with absolutely zero results. <laughs> and I'm not saying that they, like, obviously Dan gets and the hunting beast get results. But what I've actually started doing is instead of, if I have, if I'm looking at a piece and I have five Oak Islands that I think all will hold dear, I'm not going to the furthest one first. I'm going to the closest one first. And I'm going to work my way back based on the winds and the exit and entry routes I have to work my way back to that farthest one and try to keep all my scent out of there. Because one of the things like, A, if you go to the furthest one back right away and you just let your scent go everywhere on those other four, then you might not have any sort of opportunity in the future to hunt those or, or in the next couple weeks and be like, you know, 80 degrees out, 75 degrees out, 70 degrees out. You're going to be sweating. You're going to be sweating really bad. And there's going to be a lot of bugs and it's going to be a hell of a drag out and everything. That's one of the reasons, honestly, a little bit of laziness in there, but, uh, but I like to hunt the first spot I can first. And also I have found that deer, but this is based on my trail camera placements Deer also do the same thing. They will be closest to the food, closest to kind of the easiest routes early on in the season. And then they will push their way back as well as season progresses and as pressure gets stronger and vegetation dies. Uh, They will work their way back as well. So a lot of times I will get, if I have like, 
like last year I had two cameras up on two separate Oak Islands. One was probably a hundred yards out the parking lot and one was about a half mile. The one that I had on a half mile was a pain to get to and it looked phenomenal. Good oak tree, lots of acorns, um, good bedding it seemed like and I only got like a hundred pictures on that one. The front one I got like 500 pictures on and granted they weren't like it, de- it depends on the deer you're hunting. Cause I did get a bigger buck on the back one, but I only got them once across a month time span. The front one, I got a lot of smaller bucks. I got one nice buck on there uh, as well and a ton of does. So for, for, for me, like I'm hunting that first spot. Cause I just want to see deer. I want to fill my freezer. I want to drop, put an arrow through them and get that burr off my saddle of like, oh, I haven't shot a deer in a while. Like, let's just get this over. Let's, you know, let's get this experience down and let's remember how this happens. So that's, that's generally my plan. I have four spots right now that are within a hundred yards of a parking lot, 150 yards of a parking lot. So I have very short walks and I think they're going to produce ones. Two of them are apple trees that are pretty nice actually that I found. And, uh, the other couple are just oak trees, like little oak islands that are on the edge of swamps. So that's kind of my strategy when it comes to how far back do you go right away? You just, my personal opinion is to work your way back to those farther places and, and start with the closest one first. And by all means, if you put a trail camera on that farther, farther uh, island or that farther area first, go for it. Like get back there and, and you get good good activity back there just get back there and then go like do not deny the information that's on your camera uh go work that area but at the same time if you don't have the cameras or you don't know just start at the closest spot first and work your way back so that's kind of that's kind of my thought on that and that's the same kind of if you're hunting let's say like so i've been talking about swamps a lot if you're hunting like um like farmland area where you got like strips of woods, some CRP, uh, some cornfields, some soybean fields. Also, one of the one quick thing on cornfields is a lot of people think they're phenomenal. Like they like they want to hunt cornfields early. Like deer love corn. Deer don't really go after corn until mid October. So when it's all starts turning yellow and it starts becoming like harvest time. Like that's when deer really go after that. Currently, you know, in the early season, a lot, deer will just hide in the corn. It's it's more like a screen and protection for them, rather than uh, rather than a food source. They'll they'll sit in there, they'll hide in there. It's nice and cool. They got a lot of shade. They got a dirt bottom, so it's it's nice, cool ground. Um, it's a great spot to just bed and hang out and lay down. But it's not necessarily a food source. They're still going to get up and move to a soybean field or an alfalfa field or a food plot or or whatever. But if I'm hunting that type of farmland terrain or areas, what I'm going to do is start kind of at the field edge, which is where everybody's going to start. And you're probably not going to see anything or you're going to see like one or two. But wherever those deer come out of, that's where I'm going to be the next night. And I'm going to be tucked into the woods a ways. So deer really, really like to, people call it, call it like a staging area all the time. Uh, it's all the, and it's hard to, def- and people call it, call it a staging area, but they never define it. And what a staging area is, is just an area that's off a field where deer, deer will work towards and then stay in this little area uh, until it's dark and then they'll move into the field. 
and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier with the swamp and the apple tree and oak tree right on the edge. And then they'll work to the soybean field earlier or later. So deer will get up from their bed. They'll work, start working their way towards the soybean field. But while it's still light out, they'll hang 30, 50, 60 yards off that field edge, just browsing around on some vegetation and eating some acorns. Maybe there's an apple tree down there. They'll just hang out like between 30 and 60 yards off that field. And then that sun goes down and then they're popping up into that field. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit on the far edge of the field the first night, observe, see where these deer are coming out. Second night, assuming I have the same wind and everything's good, I'm not going to go on the field edge on that other side. I'm going to try to tuck in 20 to 50 yards in there where I can still see the field just in case. Cause I mean, we just always like humans. I was just like to watch the field and see what's out there anyway. I mean, everybody kind of does that. It's like, Oh, I got to be able to see the field. <laughs> Even though I can't shoot it, I just want to see it. Uh, but I'm going to try to tuck in 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards off that field edge. So then if there is a staging area over there that I'm unaware of, I'll be able to see them and I'll be able to find them and I'll be able to get eyes on them during daylight hours. I try not to hunt direct field edges, like literally on, on the field edge for a, a couple of reasons. One, you're usually going to get busted. Um, that's been my experience. I get busted. The more field edges I hunt, unless you got good trees with good cover, you know, it's not that first row of trees you want to hunt. It's the, it's the second, the third, the fourth row of trees. Like if you can get a stand that's 20 to 30 yards off a field edge, that in my opinion is a much better spot than being right on that field edge tree because the deer just kind of, they kind of look around out there. It's open, you know, the more exposed a deer gets, the more weary it gets, the more afraid and cautious it gets. So if you can tuck back in there and get in some cover a little bit and the deer are in some cover a little bit, they're going to be less apt to look up, look around and just catch you off guard. So that, that would be my strategy. And then from there, kind of keep working backwards. Say, I mean, say you move 30 yards off that field edge and you get a buck coming in at like last light. You can't shoot him, but he's coming in and you know he's out there. That is, that is fantastic. Too bad you can't shoot it. But the next night, instead of being 30 yards off that field edge, be 60 or 70 or 80 yards off that field edge. You may not be able to see that field anymore. But at the same time, you're getting closer to where that buck came from. So your odds of seeing him during the daylight get higher and higher the deeper you move in there. You just got to make sure you don't move too deep and you bump him out of his bedding area wherever he is. So uh, I don't, that's, that's a case by case scenario every single time. Um, and most of the time you're not going to, but just take it, you know, in 30 to 30 to 50 yard increments and you'll work your way back and eventually you'll find them during daylight. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's, that's kind of my strategy for the early season and what I would do, uh, and, and how I do things. So that's it guys. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, anything, uh, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, it's Deervane at Deervane. So D E E R V A N E. Or also, you can find me on YouTube, also at Deervane. Uh, or it's Anthony Heller. I can't remember. I should really get on that, but I can't remember exactly. And uh, and just hit me up with a comment or anything on any of my stuff, and I'll be sure to answer it. I try to answer as fast as I can. Um, also, follow, subscribe, hook me up. Please appreciate it. Uh, if you find this information interesting, 
uh, to the podcast, to the Instagram, to the YouTube, to the Facebook, all that fun stuff. Um, and, uh, and yeah, good luck this season, guys. I hope all this information helps. I hope it brings you some value, gives you some more thoughts to think about. And uh, catch you guys later.